We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. The NBA is back. Where else can a city this loud be this left on? And 30 feet is still in range. Where else is history? Still in the make. The NBA, only here. Season begins December 22nd on ABC, ESPN, TNT, and NBA TV. Now this is Ram football right here. This is the Ram football. The lead comes over. Peters comes over. You get sued. Brandon Cooks comes over. I mean, you guys are loaded. Yeah. I like it. What better place to do it in, in L.A.? This one of the hottest teams in the National Football League. We going to win games. When you got a running back like I do, we got a front seven like I do now. Ooh. That's kind of what make us pros, man. We can handle change fast, you know. The Rams. The Rams. The Rams. Rampage. Radio. Radio. You're listening to Rampage Radio Podcast. Here are your hosts, J-Rob and Jay. J-Rob and Jay. What's good? What's good? Welcome to Rampage Radio Podcast. This is J-Rob right here. And right across from me is my boy, Jay. That's him. <laughs> How excited. See, you were excited the last two weeks. You True. were like, hey, what's up, man? How's your weekend? Yeah. You're, Dude, on, you're on that vibe today. You, I'm you on the vibe the today, man. Bring the energy. I love it. Dude, 8 no, like we're talking about, we're going to be talking about seeding and being the number one seed this week. And we're going to get into that with the Saints. But how was your weekend? Start off right there. Great weekend, man. Just uh, hung out, uh, watched Georgia, Florida. Huge Bulldog fan. So Georgia, Florida whooped that ass. Bulldogs, they got a chance to get back to the SEC championship game. And on Sunday, hung out with some friends, as always. Um, it don't matter if y'all get back to the SEC championship game. Ain't nobody beating Bama, bro. You're right. But at least we'll be in the game. That'll be fun to watch. Uh, Sunday was beautiful. So we hung out. Uh, had a great, great time. Uh, my travel team had practice. So, yeah, we're just rolling into this week. It's happy Halloween. So, happy Halloween to everybody out there. Uh, it is clearly today. That time. It's today, yeah, right we're now. Recording right now on Halloween. We're, we're about to wrap this up at some point and uh, get on out there, hit these streets hard. That's what we're going to be doing, hitting the streets. Well, and uh, listen, we would have the, the podcast out already, but my, my boy was sick. So, at least you feeling better today. It was a twenty five four hour whatever you had, but yeah, hey, I wasn't you feeling could. good. But we we're feeling good now, so we're out here uh, recording this pod. Ex- great week, man! Big big win, big game coming up. A lot to talk about here on the Rampage Radio podcast. Yeah, always you guys that listen, man. We really appreciate you. Make sure you go follow us on Twitter at Rampage Radio Pod and follow Rams Talk at Talk Rams. Yeah, and uh, we're everywhere. We are here on Facebook. Uh, Facebook.com slash Rams Talks, great website. And uh, we always say this, man, but we got three awesome podcasts. Yes. Throwing it down. Um, Butting Heads is awesome. The Rams Talk podcast is, is really great. And uh, we have 
Yours truly, the Rampage Radio Podcast. We, yeah. We're doing it big out here, man. We're trying to, and we're going to recap this Green Bay game real quick. We're going to look to New Orleans. We got an interview from a New Orleans Saints dude with Ralph. You know, he's with the Saints Happy Hour Podcast. We got your new episode or new uh, segment, The Prospect Watch, which we uh, started last week. Your easy money. Which I have not picked the games for the easy money. All right. Well, he's going to do that. <laughs> and then we're going to be out. So let's think about this. I'm not think. Let's go ahead and talk about it. Overall thoughts on the Green Bay game. We've heard all about it real quick. We know what's going down. Big time win. You took the ball out of Aaron. Well, actually, Ty Montgomery took the ball out of Aaron Rodgers' hands. No, at the it was uh, Rameek Wilson on the strip right there, bro. Uh, yeah, but Rameek, Ty Montgomery. Yeah, yeah, but if he don't bring the ball out, A, you don't lose the two-minute warning, which you only have one time out. Yep. And you give Aaron Rodgers a shot which we've seen him do time and time again. Yep. So we're, we're going to look at all these things. And uh, But listen, here's my biggest takeaway, takeaway from the game. The Rams, and I told you this, the Rams only allowed 30 yards in the second half. 30 total. That's all that they allowed. So talk about a team or a defense that decided to make some plays and get some pressure and dial some different things up. Your boy Wade Phillips, I mean, that's a Wade Phillips defense minus a keep to leave, right? Yes. Yeah, so what is his timeline, by the way? When is he coming back? Uh, we don't know. Hopefully, it's a couple of weeks. I mean, I don't know. Keep that. We still winning. I got that. I know that we still winning. I'm, I'm guessing that they're going to be like more conservative with him, considering that we are eight. No, there's no reason to rush him back. Why would? His- yeah. Why would you rush the guy back? Yeah. I mean, especially with the way that the defense kind of strapped it on and figured some things out. The big chunk plays, you know. Uh, but what do you got on that? Green Bay game, um, man, it was great, great watch. One thing I will say is, uh, and we don't live in L.A., but it sounded like there are a lot of Packers fans in the building. Uh, it didn't sound like. <laughs> the, the point of the matter is there was yeah. a lot so, of, I mean, geez. You know, maybe maybe that'll change in the coming games here. Well, let me tell you something. There was some a, a lot of miscommunication, especially on the defensive side in the first half. So you're it, thinking they played a role? I, uh, no doubt, no question, because we haven't seen – a ton of miscommunication plays this season. I mean, if you want to talk about executing at a high level, Sean McVay is all about communication. And people want to go ahead and say, Marcus Peters got beat a bunch by Devontae Adams. He did get beat a few times. He did. But there was also some times where he played the outside and expected safety help up top, and then there was nobody there. Yeah, No help. Well, and so at, you're at talking about what, that, that crowd. That's what... uh you know, he he definitely was making a scene a few times um, back toward his safeties, wondering where the hell they were. But overall, um, man, the Green Bay's defensive line, especially their front seven as well, the linebackers, they they dominated this game in the first half. The Rams were bullied, um, giving up sack after sack, punting. You know, I think that well, I think they had what six or seven punts in the first half. We tried to fake one, didn't work. Um, they they controlled the game. And um, if it wasn't for a series of events at the first, excuse me, the end of the first half, uh, the Rams might not have won this game. Um, you look at it, you had the fake punt, and then we got a three and out, so we punted again. Great punt by Hecker. Oh, gets him gets him down on the inside the one yard line, which is ridiculous. Do you get the safety? Mark Barron. Mark Barron. Mark Barron's. You know, Raymond the radar has to be. Yeah, no, that no. changed the complexion of the game right there. Huge game uh, for him and then a huge impact play. So after the safety, we get the ball back. We have two plays that were initially called incomplete. The catch down the sideline to was it Robert Woods, I believe. Yep, that was one. And the and Todd Gurley's play down yep. the sideline to get him down. So or it might have been Brandon Cooks. It was Brandon Cooks. He yes. was leaning down. He, he kind of caught it as he was sliding on his shoulder. Uh, did a great job getting his hands underneath. So those, those, those few plays really got, you know, got the Rams back in the game. One thing I was going to ask you, man, they went for two after scoring that touchdown. They didn't get it. So instead of being 10 to nine, it was 10 to eight. So what do you think about that? I mean, do you think they should have gone for two to try to tie it that early in the game? Or do you think they should just take the free point? I think, I mean, it doesn't matter to me. You're you're only down two. Um, go for the tie, especially the way the offense was struggling, man. You got to show confidence in your guys, even though they they were kind of baffled. You know, I'm not baffled. They yeah, were stuck. I mean, I get it. That could have changed the game. If you it, about, it could have. You get the field. You get the field goal there. The extra point. Now at the end of the game, I know this is a lot of plays in between here. Now at the end of the game, they're up by four. 
So Ty Montgomery it. doesn't change. Doesn't you have to. Up. You have to remember this. Yeah. Sean McVay is still learning. He, he mean, dude, we have to we have to kind of take a step back and see that his age still plays a little bit of a role. I mean, the dude is a fiery dude. He's he shows that he can be impulsive on some decisions sometimes, and uh, he leans on his players. If his players sit there and say, "Hey guys, do you guys want to go for this? Do you guys feel like we can make this happen?" Then he's going to lean on what they say. Why? Because he trusts his players who. Trust him. I mean, you want to talk about a coach that always puts the blame on himself and says that, hey, that was on me. They truly live that. And so I, I don't have a problem whether they went for it or whether they didn't. Personally, I would rather kick the field goal. That's just me. But the, 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 the you know, like I said, the fact that they went for two, um, more, you know, whatever. It, it could have hurt us, but it didn't. At the end of the day, it didn't no, hurt us. It, it, it didn't hurt us, but uh, I was just interested in your opinion on that because. Personally, like you said, I, I give you the point. Is a whole extra half to play. Um, you're gonna have to score more anyways to win. But hey, it worked out. When we got the we got the blessing from above, getting that fumble and uh, keeping Aaron Rodgers off the field to end that game. And you know we're eight zero, and that's that's the most important thing to look at. Um, you, you look at that defense in the second half. They got they got ran on a little bit by the Packers. I'm sorry, in the first half. The second half they came out and balled out. And really, and really let this team come back. So, Well, that was because, like I told you, it was because the Rams were playing like a wide nine technique where all their D linemen were spread out and Aaron Rodgers just checked to a run and you have a center going to block Mark Barron or Corey Littleton and you're gashing for nine plays with Aaron Jones, who's a good player. Uh, and that's the reason why they were able to run somewhat effectively. But at the end of the day, dude, I've already said that like three times. Like, that gummit. You got to watch that phrase. Listen, Todd Gurley. Todd freaking Gurley. That's it. That's that dude. It's the, it's between him and uh, Mahomes right now for the MVP race. I mean, would you agree with that? It's been him and, and Patrick Mahomes right now. If, yeah. if the season ended right now, you're either saying it's Patrick Mahomes or Todd Gurley for MVP. Yeah, no, those two guys are playing great. Todd, you know, is is everywhere right now. Um, he ran it on him okay early. Uh, but once they got him in the passing game, kind of the middle of that game, it really opened everything up. That that play he scored on the touchdown to you know have all the receivers going from the right to the left and, and crossing him underneath. They just he just got lost, and I'm not sure how you lose Todd Gurley ever on a football field, but he got lost <laughs> wide open down the sideline for a touchdown, huge play, uh, dude. He. he he just keeps keeps doing his thing. It's it's crazy how lucky we are to have a back. I like want to tell you who was not lost last game, who has kind of been lost the entire season because we haven't seen him a lot. Josh Reynolds. Yeah, yeah, he made a few plays. Uh, two touchdowns. Yeah, I'll <laughs> take it. That'll do. I mean, he uh, a red zone guy was uh, everything that you want in a guy with his his frame and his build and what he offers. Uh, and that guy, he he showed up. He showed up. And was like Cooper Cup's down. I'm gonna go out here. I'm gonna try and make some plays. You know, I called for Cordero Hodge two weeks ago, but again, Sean McVay is loyal to his players. He is loyal to the guys that he likes, and he is loyal to giving them opportunities. Malcolm Brown is another prime example of this. Now, he didn't get as many carries because the game was very close. You want Todd Gurley in there at all times, but Josh Reynolds came and made some plays. And now I want to mention one other guy, Gerald Everett. Shook like three dudes on one play. The tight end, we've been looking for play from the tight end and Higby and Everett. Everett made a huge play, but it was called back by penalty. Yep. Penalty killed you. Which this team has been very good and disciplined when it comes to penalties. How many PIs do you see from the Rams defense? Not many. How many holding calls do you see from the Rams offense? Not many. Right? And which is completely different from the previous regime and what Jeff Fisher was doing. So that's in the past, obviously. The past two is off to this Green Bay game. See you later, Green Bay. Later. Hope we won't see you down the line. I hope not, because Aaron Rodgers, you are a a man among boys at the quarterback position. It, dude, he's uh, you can't say it enough. That and we've talked about this before the podcast. Is you know I, I asked you, I said, yo, dude, if if Ty Montgomery doesn't fumble that ball, what happens? Does the Green Bay go down and get a touchdown to win? Do they get a field goal? And uh, why don't you share with it with the Award-winning listeners, your your opinion on that? <laughs> I mean, simply because of the way the half went and what they did, I think the Rams stop them. You talk about well, Aaron Donald. I mean, Aaron Rodgers can make plays on. We well, you know what Aaron Donald made plays too. So I think the other Aaron, the one that 
belongs to the Rams, he makes another play or Sue makes another play because Sue played good. Sue played well. He, he had a nice game. He's kind of getting overlooked, but man, he's he's doing his him thing. Him and Brockers both. Yeah. They're both getting overlooked. Well, when, when Donald has, what does he have, nine sacks now? Ten? It's, man. I should know this. No, it don't matter if you know it or not. Everyone knows who Aaron Donald is and everyone knows that he's a defensive MVP as we sit right here. It don't matter how many sacks that fool's got. <laughs> the dude's the best to play the position right now. You know what's crazy is like, we were doing this show in the summer and we we're like, oh man, we gotta, we gotta resign Donald. Dude missed like all of camp and he shows up. He's still, still. He did the same thing last year. <laughs> I think he just doesn't like going to camp. That's what's gonna happen. Let him sit. He's gonna hold out again Let next year and he's gonna leave. You, if you wanna do, if you wanna go back to your college and pit and hang out and shoot up a couple of Twitter videos here and there and, <laughs> Man, that's what he did the past two seasons. Go do that. If you don't keep on coming in doing what you do. Hey, you know, you, you don't want to break a winning streak, right? So you got to do what you got to do. If, if that's what makes you uh, the best player in the league, then do what you got to do, bro. Um, but like you said, my opinion, um, I would not have been surprised if the Rams would have got, I mean, I'm sorry, the pa- Packers would have got a field goal attempt there. I wouldn't have been surprised. Yeah. I'm not going to sit here not and a say touchdown. They're not scoring a touchdown, but I think, I think they go and get a field goal attempt, maybe a long field goal. And even if they make it, the Rams would have won in overtime, but that is neither here nor there. The game's over. They played both games. Both teams play great, but um, let's keep it moving, man. Let's, 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 uh, let's take a quick break here. And uh, when we get back, we'll get into the Saints. We've got an awesome interview from Ralph from... Coming up. Coming up from Saints Happy Hour Podcast. Saints that Happy dude's coming Hour up. Podcast. And uh, thanks for listening to the Rampage Radio Podcast. What is it? What is it? Test, test. What is it? Night? 80s or 90s one? I can't remember. He's like... Oh, that's called, uh, that's called Black Dog. Is that what it is? Yes. By who? So get your mic closer to your face. I will, I will. That's way too far. Black Dog. Led Zeppelin, I believe. You're listening to Rampage Radio Podcast. Delusional people. Greeny is clearly delusional. So right now, I'm gonna point this at the Rams. We going to New Orleans this week. Sean McVay, you busy. Andrew Whitworth, you're busy. Ty Gurley, you're busy. So I'm gonna give the pregame speech. We going down to New Orleans. It's gonna get rowdy. They gonna be in there, stand up and get crunk. And this thing ain't no. So people gonna be drunk, no matter how early the game is. We going in there. We gonna give the ball to Ty Gurley. It's smash mouth football. We coming downhill. Yeah, Drew Brees. Oh, look at me. I'm the leader in passing yard. Jared Goff, it's your time. We let Andrew Whitworth get off the bus first because you know what Louisiana's like, Andrew. Get out there with your big shoulders with the captain patch and go do what you got to do. Defense, let's attack. Hey, we're going to stop the deep ball. Hey, angry Aaron. I'm calling angry Aaron. You know who I'm talking about. Aaron Donald, go get at these people. It's going now. Here and next week, we're going to be number one again. I'm done. This dude right here. Ooh, that's my Halloween howl. Are you at a train? <laughs> <laughs> this dude right here, Ryan Clark, man, speaking from the heart of all of Rams Nation. Dude, I listened to that clip 20 times probably. I, I got my Rams helmet on. I'm ready to go. These guys, he's turning up on these guys right now. And I hope Sean McVay is paying attention because the Rams are going to need Todd Gurley and that offensive line to come correct. They're going to have them. Yeah. They gonna have them. All right, and I'm gonna tell you why, dude. Because you gotta take the air, you gotta take the air out of the ball, man. Against these Saints, you gotta you gotta win time of possession, and that offensive line needs to show up like they did pretty much all the beginning of the season, dude. They 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 have felt some pressure. They have been blitzed on more these past two weeks, and teams are starting to pick up on that. Blitz Jared Goff, but last year Jared Goff was dope against the blitz, and so far this year he's been great too. But the last two games. That you blitz know, had, is getting home. A little bit, yes. Yes, but you're talking about still Clay Matthews and 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 uh, Blake Martinez from the Packers who are not just your average Joes. I mean, those guys came to play. Yep. They came to play. Well, this is a, this is a crazy, crazy situation. I think that the Rams are going to be tested here this week. Uh, I'm excited about it. I think that this is only going to be good for the Rams. You have to worry about Sheldon Rankins, yeah. who's, in, who's in the middle, 
And then you got to worry about Cameron Jordan. Yeah, he's who's on the outside. Cameron Jordan's a monster. Yes. So these are the two guys on the defensive line that you have to worry about. Who you don't have to worry about are ex Florida State dude PJ Williams. I mean, he did have the pick that Kirk Cousins gave him, but they the freaking targeted that. They targeted that fool all game but long. The other guy, Lattimore, Lattimore's is a, a player. Yeah, he's a player. Yeah, he he's a. And I said monster twice here, but he is a dude now. I think that was a home run draft pick getting him and Kamara in the same draft. I mean, that guy's oh, a, yeah. a stud in the back end, and um, we'll see how the Rams offense does against this defense. Um, I would not be surprised if we got into a shootout with this team. Um, just based on the personnel, you got explosive offense on both sides. Uh, defense uh, has been kind of you know challenged lately, so I think that um, Goff has got a chance to, to come back and play one of his better games. We need the Goff that played against the Vikings a couple weeks ago. That's but the guy. Dude, that we listen, need. listen, dude. He still threw for three touchdowns and no interceptions. Although he, no, was- I'm just saying, like, yes, he's played. He's played good. He's played better in some games than others, but he's all in all played really well. We need that type of Jared Goff to win this game in New I don't New think so. And the reason why is because we got that type of Todd Gurley every week. We got that type of offensive line typically every week. We have that type of Robert Woods, Brandon Cups, uh, or Brandon Cooks, and probably, probably this is the week that we might see Cooper Cup back. We might see Cooper Cup back. And if we see that dude back, look out, dude, number one seed. You win this game, you're the number one seed going if the playoffs started after this game with a victory. And so I, I agree with you. I do think that we, we do need the Jerry Goff that we have had. You can't expect every quarterback to have lights out game. You did he didn't turn the ball over. Yeah, that's, that's the biggest thing. No, no. The only turnover in the whole game last week was that last fumble. So that just goes to show you good quarterback play. You're protecting the football. You're playing smart. You know you got a good defense. Um, you know. The Saints are rolling right now, though. You know they've been on the road. They've won some some good games. They, they beat the the Ravens a couple weeks ago. Last week they beat the Giants. I should know this. Damn it. Yeah, Giants. It's got to be the Giants, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here it is. Thirty three to eighteen. Um, before that, they're on the road against the Ravens, but now they're coming home, and that building is a legit home field advantage. It ain't, it ain't, I mean, I, I love how the LA close fans. is it? How close is it to the 12th man in Seattle? Uh, I would say it's slightly under that, slightly under that, but, but it's the LA fans. That's, that's, I mean, uh, New Orleans fans, that's their, that's well, their the baby. Rams should be accustomed to that noise because the pack showed up. They traveled yeah. and, uh, luckily it was outside, not in a dome. Yeah. Now, it, the only thing I'll say is at least it's a one o'clock game because if it was a night game, then all those fans would have all day to get liquored up. So it's a it's a one o'clock game, and um, you know it's going to be tough. That place is going to be loud. We need the Rams to do their thing and and play smart to win. I think this the biggest thing you have to look at is the Saints' pass defense. So yeah, we did mention PJ Williams. We did you know mention Lattimore. Uh, Lattimore is obviously the best player. Of that uh, that defense, really outside of uh, Cameron Jordan, but Eli Apple, what is that guy gonna bring you? You know, well, I mean, and now they traded for him. He's been bad for the Giants. What's he gonna do? And they freaking played him last week. Well, as you're looking at the Saints, they they're not afraid to make moves. Um, they're not afraid to go get a guy like Eli Apple. I mean, not he's he's not an elite player. But uh, he's definitely upgraded what uh, what they used to have. So I don't know if I'd say definitely. Well, it, let's hope so for their sake. Giving up a, a draft. I don't pick hope so get. for their sake either. <laughs> I mean, I don't freaking care about the Saints. I don't freaking care about who they got on defense because you know when you take a look at it, uh, Todd Gurley's gonna run all over them. Hopefully, they are ranked number one against the run, as I mentioned, which is a big deal. But I think the Rams are gonna say, "All right, prove it to us." They are gonna say, "Prove it." All right, y'all going to stop Todd Gurley on the ground? Let's see you do it. Because that dude is a guy gash after gash after gash running. And this is where you reestablish that offensive line that we're talking about. This is where you go and you take the air out of the ball, as I, as I was talking about. You're going to have to keep the Saints offense off the field. I mean, the, that's what other teams try to do against the Rams. So the Rams are going to have to, in turn, do that against the Saints. Have to, in my opinion. You don't agree? Yeah, I totally do. Um, when the Rams are at their best, Todd Gurley's heavily involved in the running game and passing game, and they're going to have to get him going to uh, to win this game down there. All right, so we had a great interview this week. Uh, my man J-Rob and I had an awesome conversation with Ralph. 
Uh, he is the. Tell me about Ralph. <laughs> oh well like i said ralph he's one of the hosts of uh saints happy hour podcast saints happy hour yeah. shout out i listened to like one of their episodes and on part of another episode they're pretty funny guys they drink on the job as as me as me as well if you can see i'm drinking right now i don't drink <laughs> so i don't but uh, we want to make sure you guys get get the checkout coming from a Saints perspective, a guy who's tied in with that team and knows their team as well as we think we do. Um, so thanks for listening to Rampage Radio Podcast, and we're going to go ahead and bring this interview right to you right now. So as promised, we have my man Ralph, who is from the uh, Saints Happy Hour Podcast and uh, Ralph, hey, welcome to the show. Glad you took time out of your schedule to make it. Why don't you go ahead and uh, tell everybody what you're all about, where you come from, my man? Well, we're we're with, I'm with the Saints Happy Hour podcast, uh, and we do a Saints podcast every every week, multiple times during the week, three four times. Uh, check us out. Uh, we're we're pretty we're a pretty fun bunch. We goof around, joke around. If you like fun. Not so serious podcast. We're the podcast for you. It's Saints. You can find us on Twitter at Saints Happy Hour. Uh, and hey, man, it's a big game this week with the Rams. I mean, it's. I mean, Justin, it's it's probably this weekend. It's probably the biggest regular season weekend in Louisiana football history because you have on Saturday you have number one and undefeated and Death Star like Alabama going to bat going to Baton Rouge playing number four LSU. To see who wins the SEC West, and then at three thirty, you got the undefeated Rams and the six and one Saints. I mean, that's like thirty. That's like twenty five, twenty six wins and two losses between the four teams. I mean, that's as good as that's as good as it freaking gets for for a, for a weekend of football. No doubt about it. There's going to be a lot of eyeballs on the TVs in their area, and rightfully so. Alabama's a big powerhouse, and of course, the Saints are a big powerhouse right now. You know, they are playing just as well as about anybody right now. And you take a look at what they did against the Vikings team. They played very well. They exposed their secondary a little bit, as the Rams did. And, uh, you know, you, you could contain a guy like Latavius Murray, who was able to kind of get the ground game going early. But he's not Todd Gurley. We both know that. We both know that Todd Gurley is a completely different animal when you talk about trying to stop the run and uh, pass catching back out of the backfield. So what do you see the Saints defense trying to do against this Rams offense who has a very similar weapons that the Vikings have? I mean, how are they going to stop this team? Well, I mean, I think the interesting thing with the Rams, right, is, they, is you guys, you guys are kind of like, just as good as the Saints on offense, but you guys do it in a totally different way, right? Like the Saints, they run formation teams to death, right? They just formation teams to death and play with tempo and throw it all over the place. The Rams are like, hey, we're just going to run in the I formation every single play and you're not going to stop it. And so it's a really interesting game that way, right? Um, but the thing that I think with the, with the Rams on defense is, the thing is with the Saints defense, they're number one against the run, um, which has surprised everybody in New Orleans. And look, their their front line is good. I mean, Cam Jordan's a number one pick. Rankins is a number one pick. Uh, Davenport, who was fantastic last night against the Vikings, is a number one pick. Onyemata is really good. He hadn't played much football in college as he was in Canada, but he's really good. Davidson is against the run. So, I mean, I mean the, the Saints' defense is going to live and die, stopping the run and getting pressure on... Uh, Jared Goff. And the thing last night is, I know the Saints, they only made, you look at it and you're like, well, they, the, the two plays really swung the game and they stopped them on the fourth down. And, you know, t- you take out those three, four plays and Kirk Cousins was kind of shredded them. But the thing is, man, they got after Kirk Cousins and sacked him four times and hit him a bunch. And, you know, you, the thing is, my, my co-host, Andrew, always says this, this interesting thing, Justin, about quarterbacks is almost any NFL quarterback, if you don't hit them, they're going to shred you. Because of the rule, because of the rules, you can't touch him. You can't touch receivers. Any like there's like probably 25 quarterbacks in the NFL. If you don't put pressure on them, they're going to light you up. But the quarterbacks that you start to separate is when you hit them, can they be good and can they be great? And the list of those guys is shrinks to like six, seven guys. 
And that's the thing with golf. If the Saints can hit him and sack him three, four times, and the crowd is going nuts because it's three thirty game and they're good and drunk. Not that you know, I'm not. A, I'm not a big fan of saying it's momentum, but can you shake the Rams and get them on tilt with that crowd? That's the only hope because, dude, the Saints can't cover receiver. They just can't. I mean, there's a reason why the Saints went and got Eli Apple last week. They were. It wasn't because they were looking to looking to make I mean they, they were looking to make improvements, but they did it out of desperation, man. Their corner Patrick Robinson broke his leg. He's out. He's gonna be back later in the year, maybe. Their corners just aren't good enough, man. And they went out and got the best one they could. They sniffed around Patrick Peterson, but probably what happened is Arizona said either A, they said it was the, the cost was too much because the Saints don't have any the number one pick for next year, or they said, look, uh we're not trading them. So the Saints went and got Eli Apple. And I'm gonna tell you if Patrick Peterson isn't dealt tomorrow, which I don't, it doesn't look like he will be. Eli Apple is going to Eli Apple is going to be the best corner that was traded before the deadline. Now, is Eli Apple any good? Is he a bust? I don't freaking know. But I know the Saints went into it and were like, "Look, we play Minnesota, we play the Rams, we go to Cincinnati to face AJ Green, we come home to play Philadelphia. We have got to try to be better at corner there, or we are screwed." And they went out and did it, and I just I just don't see how they're going to cover the Rams receivers if they don't pressure golf. Like, it's just not going to happen, you know? Well, speaking of Eli Apple, I mean, what does this guy look like to you? Obviously, we know you traded for him to go get him to help out that secondary, and it takes a week or two to kind of understand the concepts and who's going to cover who and the man zone stuff. What kind of impact is this guy going to have individually, in your opinion? He's he played. He started last night. I mean, they got him on a Tuesday. They started him on Sunday night. So he's going to play. And uh, I would imagine he's the guy the rest of the way. And the only way Crawley's going to come back, I think, is if Eli Apple's terrible. And he 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 struggled last night. Look, he struggled a bunch. But I think give him a couple weeks to see how he is. I mean, the Saints the Saints have moved it along from Crawley, and, and Eli Apple is the guy. I mean, if if they would have been like. Maybe we're going to stick with Crawley. Maybe we're not. Like, I think they would have maybe hedged their bet and made Eli Apple inactive, right? And said, look, we got him here Tuesday. He doesn't know what he's doing. We can't just throw him in there. But the Saints are like, sink or swim, buddy. You're the best we got. And they throw him, and they threw him in there. And look, I mean, they're de- the, the, they, 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 they've had some issues at corner. Because look, man, Lattimore admitted he, had, he wasn't working as hard. He wasn't practicing hard. He had an off-season ankle injury that slowed him. He's just now getting closer to what he was last year, but he's not the same. Crawley was a one-year wonder and sort of fell off a cliff regression-wise. Patrick Robinson got hurt, and suddenly they're a mess at corner again. And you look at the Saints basically 2014 through 2016. The whole story of the, the, the bad defense, it was a lot of things. But mostly, it was they were trash a corner. And it's kind of, it's not back to that, but it's it was in that vicinity for a while now. It was better last night. I know the stats don't quite show it, but it was it was a step in the right direction. So we'll see. But that's that's the defense, man. They, 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 if they don't pressure golf, I would say this. Look, if they don't combine for the Rams, if they don't combine for, for three sacks and two turnovers, I would say they'll have a hard time winning Sunday. Well, you bring up a valid point, and I want to touch on it just a bit. Jared Goff has been sacked at least four times in the past two games, which is not typical for what this offensive unit has been able to do up front. But here's the deal. He still managed to throw three Mm -hmm. touchdowns and no interceptions. He didn't make the big mistake. Kirk Cousins ate you guys up, and P.J. Williams in particular. Yep. And what happened? He ends up giving you guys a gift, and P.J. actually made a play. Let's just get real for a second, though. The Rams have the same type of receivers as the Vikings do. I mean, Adam Thielen, good hands, good route runner. Stephon Diggs, physically gifted, good hands, good route runner. The Rams have those guys on Brandon Cooks, Robert Woods, and most likely this week, I guarantee you Cooper Cup is going to suit up and he's going to try and make this uh, this game go because that guy is a difference maker. 
We're talking about playoff seating right now, being number one. So the everyone comes through L.A. to play you, and you have a first-round bye. And if the Rams can beat the Saints, they will hold that tiebreaker, obviously, as we know. We're not talking about Latavius Murray. We're not talking about the number one rushing Saints defense going against that guy. We're talking about the number one Saints rushing defense going against MVP candidate Todd Gurley, which is completely different, right? Make no mistake, the Rams are going to try and establish a pass because that's what they are. We know that's what they are, but don't, don't mistake this. They're going to run Tara Gurley. They are going to make him the cowbell to take the air out of the ball and make sure that Drew Brees and company do not get on the field. It's the same technique that every team tries to use against the Rams, and it's the same technique that I believe the Rams are going to try and use against the Saints because you have to be able to win the time of possession. The Rams are going to run Todd Gurley, and it's going to be, hey, Saints, prove it to us and you can stop TG. That's what I want to see. What do you think about that? I mean, I I slightly disagree in that the game that last year, as I remember it, is McVay was throwing the ball all over the place because it's the same situation. The Saints were without Crawley and Lattimore in that game. And as I remember it, the Rams at the end of the game, the Saints needed to get the ball back to try to either either tie or, or take the lead. And McVay came on first down and was flinging it all over the place. And I think, he, I think he's going to do that because, look, the, the, the teams that have struggled against the Saints this year on offense, the Clevelands and the Giants especially, what they tried to do is they came out and they said, look, we're going to run the ball on you and then we're going to get in second and short, second and four and second and three, and then we're going to run play action with Eli Manning and Tyrod Taylor, and that's going to open things up. And the Saints were like, no, you're not. Congratulations. It's second and nine. Good, good, good luck, Eli, and good luck, good luck, Tyrod Taylor. But you know what? <laughs> Hugh Jackson's a terrible coach. He got fired today. And I think, I think Pat Shermer is a terrible coach and he's going to get fired next year, probably. <laughs> Sean McVay is not terrible. He's going to come out and he's going to put the Saints in bad spots and eat up their third and fourth string corners and find the bad matchup, whether it's PJ Williams or whoever, or Von Bell, and he's going to eat them alive. I expect Todd Gurley to not be much of a factor in this game, unless the Rams get ahead by 10 or two scores. And then McVay will be like, Hey, I'm up 24 to 14. Now I'm going to take the air out of this. Now I'm going to run the clock down and, and quiet up this crowd. But until then, man, I expect golf to fling that ball all over the place. Again, I do agree with you in this sense they are going to throw the football because, again, that is definitely the identity of the Rams. They typically throw it at least 35 times again and again. But I still believe that they are going to run Todd Gurley. They're going to say, prove to us that you can stop this man. Prove it. Yeah. Yeah. You brought up Sean McVay, and that leads me to my next question, which is simply this. You've got Sean Payton and Drew Brees, who have been doing this for a long, long time with great success. The first question is, how much longer do you see these guys doing what they're doing? And off of that, the second question is, what similarities do you see between Jared Goff and the relationship with Sean McVay? I mean... The thing is, who knows how long that Drew Brees says he wants to play longer. He looks great physically, does he not? I mean, he doesn't, he doesn't, he doesn't seem to deteriorate. And the thing is, people don't realize about Brees is he's, he's kind of sneaky athletic in a sense of he doesn't run around, but he gets rid of the ball quick and he's really quick with his feet in the pocket. And that's just not deteriorating. And, and the thing is with him, he's so smart. People around here say if he wins the Super Bowl, he'll quit. But he's got two more. He's got another year on that contract, and I see him playing for. He's going to play until his level of his level of play drops, and I haven't seen that yet. So I would expect two to three more years of it. But the thing is, a, a, a star to that is they traded for Bridgewater for a reason. And once you get to thirty nine, any major injury kind of does you in because you just can't recover, right? You know, like if golf tears up his knee he's in his early 20s right he can recover and be okay at 39 you just don't recover the same but as far as mcveigh and and golf he's to me 
He's probably the second best offensive mind behind Peyton. And I love watching. I wish the Rams were in the NFC. I wish the Rams were in the AFC because then I could enjoy them more. But they are amazingly fun to watch. And, and the thing is, he's just he, the play callers that are good, like Andy Reid, Peyton, they, they know how to find the weakness and they just, they just like pick at it like a scab, right? And they just, they just find it and just, beat it and beat it and beat it and either you fix it and correct it and they try something else or they just do it until you die right and that's what he does and that's what he does and he's just he's just really really sharp and the thing is he's so young that it's he's going to be co- you know he's he you can coach until you're 55 60 right so he's going to be coaching for the next couple decades so that i mean if you're a rams fan you got to love that Absolutely. Any Rams fan is going to tell you that Sean McVay is the man. And I mean, you talk about a guy who's like, oh, 34, 38, 36. Nah, the dude is 32 and he's coming in and making an impact like he's doing right now. We're not talking about Jeff Fisher right here. You know, (laughs) I mean, we're talking about a young cat who can relate to his players, who can relate to the coaching staff, and he's even willing to give up calling defense and saying, let's bring in Wade Phillips and let him establish what he does because that guy is a legend. Really appreciate the kind words that you have to say about our squad and that people are taking notice of who we are now, which you have to be an 8-0. But back to the Saints. Sean Payton, class act. Drew Brees, class act. These guys are just awesome people in general. How do I know that? I don't just go and watch what's on the field. I watch the interviews. <laughs> I like to see who these cats are, what they, who they say they are. Does it match up with what they say? I mean, you got Drew Brees, who's an advocate guy, who's a Christian guy. You had the little blemish with Greg Williams and what that all happened about paying dues to freaking jack other dudes up on purpose, which is, you know, kind of weird. But that guy's gone. He's obviously the interim head coach of the Browns now, and uh, that's over with. What I do want to see is what are the Rams going to do on defense to stop the Saints offense? You are talking about Brockers, Donald, Sue, studs up front that can create a really you know, a heavy duty pass rush. We all know this, but now you're looking at Alvin Kamara. You're looking at Michael Thomas, who are obviously the best two players on offense that you have. And the Rams are going to have to zero in on those two cats because those two cats can beat you by themselves. Yes, you have Hall of Famer Drew Brees, but make no mistake, these two guys are good. So what are the Saints offense going to do to be able to stop this pass rush, especially up front? Because we both know, or at least I believe, that the battle is won up front. It's won in the trenches. So what are the Saints going to do? Well, it's interesting. You know, the thing I think the Saints, I think people are starting to pick up on it the last couple of weeks, but they went to Baltimore and they went to Minnesota. You don't think of the Saints as like this physical beat you up team, right? They're fun. They, they score with you breeze. They throw it all over the place. They got Kamara, Michael Thomas, like you said, but this offensive line, man, they've invested a bunch of picks and the saints sort of are like, Hey, Minnesota, we're going to hit you in the mouth. We're going to run it 29 times for 110 yards. And by the end of the game, man, Ingram had holes and they were beating up Minnesota. Now I know Minnesota was missing people in the secondary, but this offensive line can move people. They did it against Baltimore who had a really good pass rush and went into the game, the number one defense. So that's a plus, right? I just think the Rams, you guys to beat Drew Brees pressure, you got to have pressure, but you really got to have it up the middle. And that's where the Rams, I think really present problems because you have Sue in the middle and you have Aaron Donald. who's just from another planet, right? I don't even know if he's, human he's so physically gifted right you got to get drew Brees up the middle because the thing is if you if you get from the end you can just slide up in the pocket slide to the left side right if you go up the middle he struggles because then you move him off his spot and he's just not as good throwing on the move or having to reset his feet so i think that i think that's the issue can the rams get pressure on him, but also slow the run because you guys have struggled. I looked at the run; you guys struggle a little bit against the run, more so than I thought. And the Saints aren't afraid now to say, "Oh, you know what Minnesota did? Hey, you're taking away all our big plays. 
okay, I'm just going to go 18 for 25. Maybe, you know, Breeze one's not going to throw for 120 yards, right? But, okay, I'm going to go 20 of 24 for 210. But, oh, you can't stop the run? Oh, we'll, do, we'll, we'll run Mark Ingram and Kamara 35 times for buck 30 and be totally happy with it. So, I mean, that's the issue for you guys. I think it's the same thing that you said. I mean, whoever, to me, whoever has the most running attempts in this game – I would be very, very surprised if that team lost. Because to me, the team that has the most running attempts is going to have control of the game. And that means the other team has probably turned the ball over a little bit. And uh, that to me is the key. Can you guys stop the Saints running the ball uh, in in situations and in that thing. And, you know, the Saints, they run the ball more in the in the red zone now because they do the fun stuff with Taysom Hill. They do the read option. And hell, hell, last night they broke out something they hadn't done with Taysom Hill yet. He was in the shotgun setting up for the read option with Kamara, and he just did a straight drop back and threw for like a 40-yard pass. So the Saints, Well, with a great catch and a P.I. on top of that. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, the Saints are doing all kinds of weird stuff with Taysom Hill. <laughs> the three-quarterback play that I love. I think they really wanted to get Bridgewater a touchdown. But, um, you know, I mean, it's, it's to me, this game, is, this game is so important, you know, as we wrap this up. Just because here's the thing. If you guys win and beat the Saints and go into the Saints and win, you're really, you're really three games clear of everyone in the NFC because you'll – you everyone in the NFC, the Saints, Carolina, and Green. Everybody will have at least two losses, and you would have beaten the Saints, and you would have beaten Green Bay. So you have the tiebreaker over them. You don't. We won't play Carolina, but you're pretty two games clear. I mean, that's that's in a sense where if the Saints lose, let's say, and they're probably going to lose again, that means if you guys get to twelve and one. You might have a home field wrapped up. And so the last, you're not even talking about taking the last week off of the season, right? You're talking about taking the last two weeks off where you play golf for a half, you play guys for just a quarter to keep them fresh, right? And that's a huge advantage because you lessen the likelihood for injury where other teams will be fighting for their playoff lives and home field and division titles. If you guys are 12 and one, you can coast the last three weeks. That's a huge advantage. So I think this game, you really separate out if you win, but if you lose, then you're eight and one. The Saints are seven and one, and the Saints have the tiebreaker on you. And then it's a full-on sprint to see who can get the number one seed. But if you win Sunday, you lock it down almost. All very good points. And uh, here's the last question: What is this outcome going to be? Score prediction. Go. I'm gonna say Saints are gonna win. 35-31, and they're going to make Goff make one late error, and that will be the difference. But I think it's a coin. I think it's I think it's a coin flip either way, and I think it's going to it's going to deliver everything that America wants for the three thirty national game. It's going to be it's it's going to be I think it's going to be a fantastic football game. No question about it. You got two elite teams going head to head, playoff seating, big time game, and like you said, man, you said. That whoever has the most touches rushing, you think would win the game. And I agree, which is why I said earlier that I think they're going to establish Todd Gurley. They're going to make him run the ball. But hey, listen, thank you for taking the time out of your schedule of coming on with the show and uh, chatting with us on giving some inside information on the Saints. And we'll see what happens, brother. Here's to an injury-free game, and maybe we'll see you guys on down the line. See you in the NFC Championship game, my friend. Take care, my friend. You too. Bye-bye. So as you heard, Ralph, uh, he knows his team. Yeah, totally. uh, he, he came in and brought, and brought the heat. Yeah, he was on, he was on his shit, man. And um, you can always appreciate when a fan loves their team as much as we, we love ours. So Right. Uh, I, I really just kind of want to highlight one thing here. And the main thing is this. We kind of touched on what we thought, and it seems like Ralph didn't quite agree with me as far as how much that they're going to uh, utilize Todd Gurley. He does say... There it is. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to leave that edit in there. <laughs> I'm leaving that in. Did y'all just hear that? Boom. My brother does that every week. He bumps the mic. This time... Back to Ralph. 
I'm leaving it. I'm leaving. I'm leaving it in. Back so, to Ralph. So back to Ralph. <laughs> he does say that he disagrees with me on how Todd Gurley might be used. He, okay, thank you for that. Open another beer and you're spilling it all over yourself. Congratulations. Back on point for a third time or second time. Restart. Ralph says <laughs> that. Or you disagree with me in the sense that Todd Gurley might not be utilized as much as I think he will. And I think the Rams are going to go back to the ground game more this week. I think that Sean McVay, although we know we are an explosive passing unit, I think you have to take time off the clock and keep Breeze on the sideline because that's what every team is going to try to do against us. And this is what we should try to do against the Saints. And the only way you can do that is feed the horse. Feed the beast. Feed the man who's going to be MVP, Todd freaking Gurley. So he says the running back with the most touches wins, and I agree. Todd Gurley. Alvin Kamara. Dude, Alvin Kamara is a dude, bro. He's legit. How how are the Rams going to defend Alvin Kamara? Well, their, their mindset is always to get him in space. They always want to get him in space. And they always accomplish that so every you, game, do you, somehow. Do you think that the Rams are going to be able to guard him? Who's going to check him? Barron, Littleton? How are they going to try and, and slow him down? Because you know he is a huge part, as we all know, to their offense. And, uh, I mean, it might be six, seven times a game, if at minimum, that Breeze finds him in the passing game, check down, screen game, and get him out in space. So we got to limit him as best we can. That's going to be such a tough task and a tall order. Limit. Limit. That's all you can really hope to do is limit because he's going to make plays just like our guy is. Here's the thing, though. The Saints, I think I when I watched their game this past week against the Giants, dude, they must have had like six screenplays to him by himself. At least. And that's something that they did very well. Something that Green Bay didn't do which was surprising. You know what that also does is it, it kind of, it, it's got to make you think twice about bringing blitzes because if they, they're they a big screen team, they catch you in the blitz. Then you're in trouble. That's, that's Kamara out the back end for a, a, a huge play. So, um, you know, but the it's other twofold. problem, not only, not only are you getting him the ball in space is, you know, you're, you're, you're putting that seed of doubt in Wade Phillips' mind, making sure you don't want to call blitz in, in that situation. So, no, but, and, and which poses another problem. <laughs> that gum, Michael Thomas, Michael freaking, I would argue that he has been the best receiver in the NFL so far this season. Did you know that Drew Brees and Michael Thomas have the highest completion percentage at 92.8 right now? Highest of any quarterback wide receiver combo right now. It's those two guys. And you talk about Marcus Peters having to step it up. We need him, dude. I don't know, man. I just I don't know if we're gonna play zone. I don't know if you're gonna play man. I don't because you're talking about the communication lapses that they had last week against Green Bay, and now you're going into another hostile environment. Your communication better be spot on against this team, man. You better be ready to go. You better be staying on point. You better be holding your gaps, containing your stuff, and how much is uh how much is Dante Fowler gonna play? Yeah, we haven't even gotten into that. I was let's just say. Add, let's, let's, I mean, we all know that we we traded for him. We all know that we did that today. And so, how much is he gonna play? And B, what kind of impact can you expect from him against a a, a Saints offensive line who just got Andre? You know, Andres Pete, who likes to hold everybody back. True. And then you got Armstead on the other side going against either Ibukam or or Longacre. How much is he going to play with his back spasms? But you know you got Dante Fowler. He he has to play a lot, in my, in my opinion. He's they're just going to say the way he's going to say, "Go get him, yeah, go get him." Well, that's the beauty about being in that position is you know, go get the quarterback. You know, third and long, third down, he can make an impact. So uh, time out. I got I got I gotta interrupt, interrupt you again. The 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 Saints when they're third and long, and they're third and ten, they are one for thirty five. One for thirty-five at third and ten. That that's uh that's surprising. That's not exactly that is surprising. That is but well below average. What you are not going to expect a uh, a rate higher than that for you know team averages. But at, you know when you when you take a look at again 
Dante Fowler, go get the passer on third and long. Third and sixes, third and sevens. Go get them. You have to. And, and let's be honest. Do this Rams front as a pass rush unit. That's what they are. Can they stuff the run? We've seen them do it time uh, uh, quite a few times. But they are better. They're definitely a pass rushing unit, right? So how many plays do I think that Dante Fowler is going to play? Mm, if you were to give me a snap count, I would say that he plays at least 25 snaps. That's a lot. Wow, I'll take the under. You're going to take the under 25 snaps? Let me tell you why. Because they're going to have to throw the ball a lot. They're going to be doing the screens. They're going to be doing the short passes. They're going to be doing the little check downs. We'll check that. We'll check that. 25 snaps. I'll go under. Wow, that actually is a lot. Yeah, yeah. Bet is in. Oh, no. (laughs) I can't go back. No. So, so what do you think that the, what is the, what's going to be the, the Saints? defensive scheme against the Rams offense in your opinion it's you know I think it's going to be try to limit Todd Gurley so they're going to be physical they've been solid against the run all year um they're back in this terrible so you know if Eli Apple plays better they might have a better shot but though I think they're going to try to limit Todd Gurley and put the game in Todd in um, Jerry Goff's hands we will find out big game seating that's what we're talking about that's what we're going to witness on Sunday. Give me and a prediction, I, we're, and then we're moving on. Yep. Um, where's that coin flip sound? Oh, there it is. <laughs> I'm going to say Ramers. I'm going to take them 34 to 31. 34, 31. I'll take the Rams. Ooh, you're going to take you know Rams? I'm taking the Saints. Oh. I'm going to go 30. To 27. What's the line? We haven't even talked about the line. The line is the Saints minus one and a half. Yeah. So that, that Vegas is on the Saints by a point and a half. That line's moved, by the way. I checked it earlier this week. Yeah, only by a half, though. Yeah. That just, what does that tell you, though? That means people are actually jumping on the Rams, which is driving that driving that line up a little bit more. Well, there you go. We, we gave you our, our, our predictions of the Saints game. The interview about was great. We're going to go ahead and move on to this next segment, which is the Prospect Watch. Prospect Watch, We're man. going to take a look. And who we got this week, Jay? Who Vers- we got? Number two, Prospect Watch. Number two, last week we talked about Brian Burns. Uh, this week, I did some research. I was looking around at some mock drafts, which is interesting because every single mock draft out there has us pitch- picking last of the first round, which means that... Super Bowl, baby. That means that we're supposed to, you know, they got us winning the Super Bowl. So, in the first round, I don't know. I don't love seeing that. It makes me nervous. But uh, they got Jerry Tillery, defensive tackle from Notre Dame. So, that means that we're not holding on to Sue. Well, that, and that I don't know about that. I think potentially you could hold on to him, uh, but you have to consider the age. He is a little older. Um, and if you can get a good player, a, a defensive tackle, and he's he's cheap player for the first few years, then it wouldn't be bad to get some depth there. Um, it's a little bit about his game. DT from Notre Dame, um, 6'6", 310. Huge. A big guy. Um, he's got good skill set. He's fast. He's got some athleticism to him. He's not just a slow guy. Um, he's not afraid to get upfield and go get the passer. Uh, in 2017, he had uh, over, actually right at 50 tackles, four and a half sacks, a couple forced fumbles. Um, so he, he, he's be creating a lot of havoc for them right now. Uh, Notre Dame is playing really well. They actually are in the top four of the recent college football playoff rankings. So they're, they're having a great year. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's a big impact player for him, for them. And, um, you know, I wouldn't be against the Rams going to get a D tackle. Uh, and to solidify that D line, because hey, that's where we that's where we win games right there. So um, keep your eye on Jerry Tillery. Who do you think that he compares to? Maybe like, is there any guy with that kind of size, dude? If, man, I don't know. I mean, you're six six. You're talking about a guy with the size of Clayus Campbell. Yeah, he's a big. guy. I mean, he a big guy. I mean, he's definitely I'm, he's definitely even though he has a couple sacks this year, um, you know, he's kind of projected more to be one of those first. And second down players, so he's, he's third down. I don't know if you're putting him in there uh, with, on, on obvious passing situations, but he, he can he can fill a, fill a gap, dude. He's a beast. 
And I, it's going to be predicated on whether, in my opinion, it's going to be predicated upon whether we keep Sue or not. I mean, I, I truly believe that. If you keep Sue, I don't think there's a reason to go get that depth because you could probably find a guy that can play on first and second down and rotate guys in there like Ethan Westbrooks, you know, anytime. I mean, you could find a guy like that with this guy's a caliber in the third in the third round, which we don't we hand the compensatory tick pick for Dante Fowler. Who knows what that looks like, depending on where we finish. But I, I kind of think that the Rams might go offensive line. But I do like this guy as a prospect. I would really kind of want to watch some more film of him, which you, Jay, make sure you post some tape on him yeah, on our Twitter. No and uh, and I'll be sure to zone in on the at the combine when that ends up happening, hopefully after uh, a championship. So uh Jerry Tillery Notre Dame defensive tackle. That's the guy we're looking at. And now you hear that music once again. It's time for that easy money. Let's go. Let's go. All right, easy money. My not, favorite. Not, not not as not as hot last week last as week, you have been. Last week, I feel like I got screwed. Um, I suck. I suck week. every week. Don't even listen to me. Well, last week. My goal, let me just say this. My goal is to go three and two every week. Just have a winning record. That's why I pick five games. So that way there's a clear win or loss. Um, I don't want any pushes. So in the last two weeks, I've been four and one. Um, this week, I was two and three. So um, I took New England versus Buffalo, which, shoot, that looked really bad as far as the cover goes. But the, the late defensive touchdown saved me. Um, for some reason, I took Miami. At Houston, <laughs> that was my dog of the week, you know. So okay. I took the underdog, and uh, they obviously didn't cover. The biggest disappointment for me, I had Cincy. Uh huh. Told you, man. Cincy can't trust Cincinnati, bro. Three and a half points. They were clearly up. Uh, I felt. I looked at the score. I felt great about them covering. I was like, well, worst case, I'll be three and two. I would never bet on that team. I already said that. So um, they did not get it done. They lost. Uh, I'm sorry. They won, but they didn't cover. Uh, Fitz Magic came in there and, and the Tampa Bay came all the way back. Your boy James got benched. Jameis is in trouble. <laughs> <So> <laughs> he's in trouble. He's big time in trouble. So um, I wouldn't be surprised. Hot take here if you heard it here. I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up in Jacksonville, but that's just a hunch. I don't know. They need a quarterback. Uh, Jameis, you never know what happens there. Um, all right. But the so trade, next game. But the trade deadline's already come and gone. So, I mean, it's yeah, like, we'll see. Maybe they're not going to give up on them, but right now clearly that team plays better dude, Seattle looks to, dude ever since the game that they played with us man and that was my next game Seattle Detroit I took Detroit um, clearly wrong Seattle rolled in there and beat that ass so uh, missed on that one as well and then I did take Indy minus three versus Oakland so that that one hit so that, Oakland, was, my, dude, that was my hey, one, one I had Indy I had New England since he screwed me that would have been the third one uh, and then Seattle and Houston both uh, got me beat. So that was last week. All right. This week on the easy money, we're going to kill it. Feel good about these picks with your help. You're going to, well, no. Yeah. Not, not with my with help. Your help. You're going to kill it. Yeah. Hopefully. <laughs> and get, I'll just throw in my two cents. Let's get back to the winning ways. All right. So let's start it off with a dog of the week. Give me the Buccaneers. Fitzmagic versus the Panthers. Line is seven points. Uh, I think the Buccaneers go up there and keep it close. Yeah, I agree. I'll take uh, Fitzmagic again. Coined phrase. Yeah, he's killing it. All right, game two. Seattle at home. Played good last week. They got the Chargers coming in there. Angry Phillip Rivers always scares me. You guys know. He, I know I'm afraid of him. He can always win at any place. But give me the 12th man, the home team. Um, they're playing better. They're playing better. And uh, I think they're going to you know, win that game by a field goal at least. So Seattle minus one and a half. Agree. All right. Game three. Give me the Steelers at Baltimore. Baltimore just got whipped by the Panthers last week. Steelers are playing better. Steelers go in there and keep it close. I'll take the points. Steelers at Baltimore. I'll take Baltimore because uh, like the running game, like Alex Collins, uh, like what they're doing, how they're using to rear, or, or uh, Jackson, Lamar Jackson. I'll take uh, Baltimore winning more than three. All right. Uh, next game. This was the uh, draw of the hat. This was a pick randomly here. As we're doing this live, as I mentioned. Uh, hell, give me the hometown Falcons at the Redskins. Uh, I think Matt Ryan is just playing at an elite level right now. It's kind of flying under the radar. Defense is not playing great, but 
Give me Julio to have a massive day on the road, and I'll, I'll take Atlanta one and a half at Washington. I will disagree, and I will actually take the five and two and division leading uh, Redskins at home. Um, give me the Redskins. All right, final last game here. Um, Monday Night Football, Cowboys at home. I'm going to take the uh, Cowboys to beat the Titans. Six and a half is the line. And uh, who you got there? Oh, man, this is kind of a toss-up. I just don't like the Titans, so I'll roll with you on this one. I'll take uh, Dallas. Dallas. See, we'll take Dallas. What a difference. Dude, didn't you talk about this team, what they were two years ago and what they are now? It's like, what happened? They're playing better. Uh, They made the move to get to uh, Mark Cooper. But uh, I just think Monday Night Football, you know, Dallas sometimes is magical on Monday night, Sunday night games, uh, walk, rocking that white jersey. So, yep, I'll here take, are my games. I'll, I agree with you. I agree with you. Recap right, it. So, here we go. Let's wrap this up. We got Bucks plus seven, Seattle at, at home versus Chargers, minus one and a half, Steelers, which you and I disagree on, at Baltimore, catching three, Cowboys, six and a half versus Titans, and uh, Atlanta. Go ahead and call your bookie. Call them up, make that money, make that money. And uh, as you can tell by the music switch, we are going to go ahead and let you guys go because it's been a long episode here. We gave you the Green Bay recap. We gave you the New Orleans insight. We did the interview with Brow. We gave you the prospect watch, and then we gave you the easy money. Y'all go ahead and get ready for this game. Big time. Hopefully, we come out with a W. We need that number one seed. We need that, that, that bye week coming up. We need all hands on deck this week. And we need the Ramers to freaking lock it down. Lock Angeles, baby. And I just want to give a quick credit. Hey, thanks to NFL.com, CBS, all those guys. That, some of the sound clips you heard, credit to that. That is their copyright, not ours. And just had to throw that little line out there. Go ahead, wrap us up, boy. Yeah, hit us up. Follow us on Twitter at Rampage Radio Pod. Uh, hit Rams Talk at Talk Rams. Make sure you go subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. Uh, have a great week. Go Rams and stay bad and stay bougie. Deuces. Thank you for listening to Rampage Radio Podcast. The NBA is back. Where else can a city this loud be this left on? And 30 feet is still in range. Where else is history still in the making? The NBA, only here. Season begins December 22nd on ABC, ESPN, TNT, and NBA TV. The NBA is back. Where else can a city this loud be this left on? And 30 feet is still in range. Where else is history still in the making? The NBA, only here. Season begins December 22nd on ABC, ESPN, TNT, and NBA TV. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.